Welcome to the Jackie Service Show. I'm Jackie Service, where we are talking all things people strategy, entrepreneurship, and how hiring the right humans will unlock the next phase of growth in your business. As a former corporate VP of HR, my life completely shifted when I learned I had a brain tumor. From this moment forward, I knew that there was more. I dove headfirst into healing, mindset work, and spirituality. And from this space, my entrepreneur journey was born. Now I am a people strategist and founder of Serve Recruitment Agency, a boutique recruitment firm that helps scaling companies hire aligned leaders for growth. In this podcast, I'm going to share about my business journey, entrepreneurship, leadership, and how hiring the right humans unlocks massive potential. Welcome to the show. Are you confused about hiring? You're not alone. Majority of leaders struggle to figure out who they need, in what roles, and when, and how these people will have the greatest impact on the growth of their business. This is why we created People Strategy Sessions to do a deep dive into your business and help you build a clear roadmap on the talent you need to drive sustainable growth. We dive into your greater why, where you are today in your business, where you want to go in your business from a growth standpoint, and ultimately, who do you need to enable that growth overall? For more information, please send an email to Jackie at JackieService.com or feel free to reach out at JackieService across all platforms. Welcome back to another episode of the Jackie Service Show. And I am so excited about this one. I have my new friend, Jessica, here with me today, and we are going to go deep on her story. And we're also going to go deep on all things fractional headcount. Jess, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I am too. I feel like you were one of those people who the the minute I met you, it was just this immediate connection. There was a lot of philosophies that we think similarly about in business, even though our experiences are very different. It was just such an ease of relationship when I think we were originally connected through Renee, Renee and Warren and Dan Martell. So anyways, I'm just so grateful for our early stage connection and all the great things we're going to be able to do here in the future. Yeah, me too. We're instant online besties. Instant online besties. And we're planning a trip to Napa. And so if you're listening and you're a female (laughs) entrepreneur and you want to come with us, let us know, because we just decided that doing a girlfriend's trip to Napa, having wine and talking business and elevating our life and our businesses was the perfect place to go. So we're going to do it. We just need to put, put that in the calendar for probably 2024 and get that, get that rolling. Yeah. Content creation, Napa trip. I love it. I love it. So before I dive in and we dive into more about your story, I always like love to do a little bit of rapid fire, just some random questions so that people can get to know you a little bit better. Let's go. Okay. Where are you from originally? I grew up in Victoria, BC. So on the Island. Whereabouts on the Island? Victoria. Right in Victoria? Yeah. Like right in Victoria. Oh, it's so beautiful. I went to Royal Roads and did a master's out there. And although it's not right in Victoria, we often stayed in Victoria or came in for dinner. I love the island. So beautiful. It's actually pretty wild now going back. Like I have a lot of friends that live there still. And it is so much bigger than it was when I grew up. 
and just so much more developed and um, not in a bad way. It's just, it's a different place than it was when I grew up there. I, I can imagine it's been probably six or seven years since I've been there. There was a lot of development happening when I was out there as well. So, and now where's home? Where do you live now? Now I'm in Kelowna. In Kelowna, wine- which is like the California of Canada. Yeah. California of Canada, wine country of Canada. Um, we used to summer here or like not summer, but you know, vacation here in the summer all the time. And it was just somewhere that we really, really loved and got the opportunity to move here um, just at the start of COVID. So um, it's been really, really great for us and for our family. And we're closer now to um, the grandparents, which is really helpful. Oh, I love that. That's It's one of my favorite Canadian cities and one that I've just started to explore in the last year or two with mutual friends that live there. And my husband and I love to golf. And so we came out to golf in the area and then also went down the wine tasting tour as well. I'm sounding like a wino already on this podcast, but (laughs) we definitely did some wine tours in the area. And it's just so beautiful. If you haven't been, it's, you get the mountains, you get the water, you get outdoor, you get nature, you get wine tours. It's just, yet it's also small enough to absorb and tour around in a way, whether you're on foot, bike, running, you know, you can just get places fast. I love, I love the downtown core and I love the city proper too. Yeah, it's really cool. It's just, um, it's been cool to watch it change and kind of evolve over the last couple of years too, living here. And um, it's just, it's becoming like so vibrant downtown, especially, and just all the new wineries popping up and it's a really, really cool place to live. I love that. I love that. A good place to raise family. You have a two and a four-year-old you were sharing. So what a great place. That was definitely one of the bonuses, just being somewhere smaller and a little bit more community um, centric than Vancouver felt anyways. So um, it's, yeah, it's been a really nice change for, for our family. Beautiful. All right. Next one, a book that you recommend to everybody. Oh my gosh. How do I pick one? I know it's a hard one. Um, Probably the one that sticks out the most because I feel like it was early on in my entrepreneurial journey. Um, Jen Sincero, you're a badass at making money. Um, There's so many I could recommend, but that one was very life-changing for me. I Mm -hmm. definitely had a lot of blocks around like worthiness and money and, um, you know, starting my own business and deciding to take this entrepreneurial path brings up a lot of that, as I'm sure you, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that book was so pivotal in shifting my mindset and just uncovering the limiting beliefs I had about myself and what I was worth and what I could earn and, and really like my stories around money. So, um, and it's so funny, like now I know what I know, I can't like unsee it. And I, mm-hmm. I see it in so many other people. And so I, I find myself recommending that book probably more than any of the other ones that I've, I've read over the last couple of years. Thank you for sharing that so openly. And let's circle back to that as we roll through making transitions from working kind of nine to fives or it was, mine was never nine to five, but more like a corporate style jobs to entrepreneurship. Let's definitely dig into that. Cause that was a big piece for me as well as understanding money mindset and worthiness and how we tie our worth for me, worth was equated to title and therefore lifestyle that came with that title and not recognizing what was possible in another world. I did not know. So I would love to dive into that more, but thank you for the book recommendation. Yeah. Okay. Last one, before we dive in a mentor who 
was pivotal in your life? Oh, there's a few as well, but one I will say has probably made the most profound impact on my life is um, my current, she's still a current mentor and and business coach um, or life coach or whatever you want to call her. Um, Her name is Jess Geist. And I actually, um, I found her through a friend of mine who was doing a business workshop and I can go into that story a little bit later, but um, what was one part of this workshop was a hypnotherapy session which I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I just, I was so not into like the woo stuff at that time, which I'm, I'm a big believer in now. Uh, like, oh, I'm going to go downstairs and get hypnotized. Like, we'll see talking to my husband and I go down and we do this hypnotherapy session around money mindset, of course. Um, and it was wild um, how well it worked on me and just the results I got from that. And I just felt this pull um, to work with Jess, uh, my coach, but I couldn't figure out like how I would do it. I was very early on in my, my career or my new career, this, this new Avenue at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, and, and her fees were what I felt like, um, very, very expensive. And I was like, how am I ever going to afford a coach, um, at that level? Um, but you know, few things fell into place and I was able to work with her and I've been working with her now for a couple of years and she's, you know, I initially went to her for money mindset pieces because that's really where my head was at when I started this, you know, fractional CMO business. That's what I felt was the blocker for me. Um, and the work that I've done with her has been like so transformational in all areas of my life and business, who I am as a person, mm. relationship with my husband, my family, my friends. Like I am a completely different person than I was two years ago when I met her. And Um, we've just worked through and talked about and done so many things and, and like the root of it really all is around, um, you know, limiting beliefs and, and mindset and just all of these tools that I was so unaware of. And, um, yeah, I look forward to my, I have a session with her actually later today. I look forward Mm. to my calls with her uh, like so, so, so much. And she's just, she's profoundly changed my life. I love that. Thank you for sharing. I always love to hear what, what, who the mentor is and then what they were able to unlock for you. And it sounds, you know, the, the coaches that for me have been most pivotal as well. It's not just one area of my life. It's all areas of my life that seem to open up and expand when you're in the right containers. And it sounds like that's exactly what's been going on for you. So I also love that you're now woo. So welcome to the woo side of (laughs) things. I talk about business strategy and people a lot, but if they, if, people know me deeply or have been around here long enough. They know I also have crystals hanging out on my desk and I do a lot of woo in my life. And I'm, you know, for me, the first question is like, Ooh, hypnotherapy. Tell me more. I'm like, tell me what the experience was. So I'm very open to all things East meets West when it comes to quantum and mindset and really pulling in a different energetic level. So I love that you've tapped into that as well. Yeah, it's been, it's been so great. And I, it's hard to even sum up really what I've gotten from working with her, but, um, like my, my investment in working with her has like tenfold paid off, um, both financially, like extremely, and just through who I am and who I've, who I've become and who I'm still becoming through the work that we do together. So it's been, it's been phenomenal. I love this so much. 
All right, let's let's take a a new page and and I want to dive in first before we get to your full story. I want to set some context and I want people to understand what you're doing today. And so on the surface, what you'll hear about Jess is that she's a fractional CMO, chief marketing officer. And I want through your, your lens to maybe just define that a little bit more and share from your perspective, what is a fractional CMO? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I work as a fractional CMO for a handful of brands. And what how I define that is... I create strategy, marketing strategy for a number of brands. I am usually pretty focused in the direct-to-consumer space. Most times, 80% of my clients um, sort of fit into that. Um, and what I mean when I say strategy is I'm, I, I really like to get in and understand their business as well as I can, you know, as if I were them and, and started it myself. And really like to understand, like, where are they at in terms of revenue? What are their goals with the company? Where do they want to take it, you know, a year from now, five years from now? And then how does marketing actually fit into that picture? And what pieces need to happen in order to move the right needles forward? Um, often what I see with marketing is people are either doing all of the things and their um, execution ends up being sort of watered down or, you know, really poorly done because they're stretched thin across all of these different strategies and digital channels and, and things, or they are just really unsure what's working and what's not working. And they don't know like, where do we improve and things, you know, things aren't performing where we want it to be. Our revenue is not where we want it to be. Our, you know, our followings aren't growing all of these pieces and they just have no idea why, or, you know, mm-hmm. things are working and they're, they don't know why, but they're, they're kind of doing a million things at once. And they, they don't really know, you know, sort of the, the data backed piece around their marketing. So um, at the highest level, I, I come in, create strategy for a company, and then depending on the company size and, and sort of budget, I'll work with them on a longer term basis sometimes um, to act, actually help them execute that strategy. So I'm not necessarily executing, but I'm either working with their internal team or helping them bring in the right people. So I've got a lot of different um like functional experts that I'll pull in like email marketing or social media or paid ads or SEO or website or, or whatnot. So I can pull in these people to do the actual work. Um, and those can be on a project basis or on an ongoing basis. Um, sometimes I'll help them hire a full-time role. Um, and then other times they do have a team or they have existing agencies. And so sometimes that means like evaluating if the team structure or the people in the seats are the right people, um, is the agency performing well? And then other other times it's um, the coaching and mentoring and sort of like leveling the team up um, often, you know, when there's a marketing leader too, like really helping them try to start to think like a CMO and approach strategy um, in that way. Oh, I love it. There's so much goodness here. And one of the things that I see so often in a lot of the clients that I work with at all different levels, I'm talking about $1 million companies. I'm also talking about $100 million companies is specifically in marketing, I see a lot of companies hear about the new thing that's come out and all of a sudden, almost knee-jerk reaction, go get involved in it. And when I often go under and look under the hood at understanding who are current partners or structures within the business, I'll see multitude of agencies in there. I'll see a bunch of um, part-time people. I'll see some full-time people all mixed in And often the gap for me is who's overseeing this? 
who is actually creating the vision and the strategy to align with where we're taking the company. And for me, it's, it's this gap that I see in so many businesses, growth businesses in particular that are looking to rapidly scale. You know, these are the businesses that want to double year over year, want to forex year over year because they've seen such rapid growth. And they get into these pigeonholes of just pulling in all these support staff. And sometimes I'll call them taskmasters, but no one's actually steering the ship. No one's actually looking at the strategic oversight and therefore evaluating like, hey, do we even have the right agencies in place? Is this, are we spending too much money on one agency over another right now and not getting the results that we need? So I love that you are a data insights geek as well, because I grew up in a big CPG brand and marketing was really baked in insights. We were creating marketing plans off data and insights and the the results that came with that. And it's one of the things, you know, I think that there's a lot of um, metrics that we think matter right from the surface level. So am I growing on Instagram, which great, like if that's an, if that's a growth area that you want, beautiful, but we're not looking at the deeper insights of things like from direct to consumer, you know, launch strategies and email list and how we're actually building a sustainable foundation around marketing. So what I love and what I'm hearing you say is like you come in and you're able to work with CEO or founder to create that vision and strategy and then analyze and assess, do we have the right people on the boat to actually go execute that And at times you'll actually hold, maybe more like project management, hold that together from a strategic um, execution standpoint, but you're likely not the one doing the work. Yeah. 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 And I love that you bring that up because I see that a lot too. And that's like that um, sort of setup where there's a CEO or kind of executive team without an executive marketing leader. And they've got all these like agencies and part-time staff and sometimes full-time and they've just got this like mash of people. That is often the situation I see too. And that's where a fractional CMO works really well because often I'll come in and um, you know, the, the, whoever's managing all of this just doesn't know the right questions to ask. They don't have the right experience. So, um, you know, I'll come in and, and be asking them specific things about their paid ad agency around, you know, what, what are your, you know, what's your cost per acquisition? What is your return on ad spend? And, you know, where, how are things progressing? And they just don't really know. And it's, um, it's easy sometimes to your point around metrics and kind of what I like to call like vanity metrics versus like the ones that really matter. It's easy for agencies and contractors um, to kind of make things like look like they're going well. And sometimes maybe they are, um, but it's just not the right levers that need to be pulled or the right areas that need to be focused on. So I think having someone come in who's, you know, I have a deep expertise in marketing and um, I can just be that like up here level of strategy and, and really asking the questions and pulling things apart and saying, okay, this is working, but is that, is that actually like the result we want? Or do we want that to be driving revenue? Or do we want it to be you know, growing our email list, like what are the things that are really going to matter to this company and this brand right now um, mm-hmm. based on like the bigger vision of, you know, revenue goals. And, you know, if you want to sell the company or, or all of those types of things. So mm-hmm. it's love it deeply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, oftentimes, you know, I think about it through the lens of myself as well. I, I often come in as like a fractional CHRO. So a head of HR 
and will think through people's strategy first. And what I love you saying about what you do is you need to deeply understand the business and the goals and the mission and where we're trying to drive this in order to come in and understand how marketing can amplify that for them, how we can leverage the skills that you bring to create a sustainable kind of foundation around marketing to really elevate their message and help founder CEO team actually execute against what's what they're going for. So deep, deep love and respect for what you're doing. Thank you. I'm so curious. So that's today. Take us back a little bit now. Give us the journey of how you got here and why your background was so critical in order to do what you do today. Yeah, it definitely was not a straight line journey. Um, Very messy in terms of just muddling my way through my career and figuring out, you know, I, I had a number of jobs, um, throughout my marketing and sort of the corporate side. Um, I worked for a startup was, was my very first job. Um, what was great about that is it was sort of like drinking from a fire hose when it came to learning marketing, we were a really lean team and we didn't have a big budget for things. So it was really like me jumping in and doing everything. So I learned all areas of marketing and sales. I also worked with, um, you know, our investors and things like that. So it was a really great way to just like quickly get in and learn business and understand like both what I liked, what I didn't like, where I was really strong. Um, and then after that, I sort of transitioned into more established businesses. I was working in, um, retail and tourism and things like that. And um, I'll say I kind of ended my traditional corporate career in um, Lululemon and Deloitte were kind of my last two, Mm -hmm. I'll call it like traditional jobs. Um, And just having that breadth of experience where I understand now like what it's like to work in a startup and, you know, have a limited, limited resources when it comes to team budget Mm -hmm. time. Um, and big growth goals. And then I also know what it's like to be a Lululemon or, you know, Deloitte had a number of like really massive global clients as well. And I know what that is like as well, to have massive budgets for things and um, work with big agencies on global campaigns and and things like that. So um, it's cool to be able to bring that breadth of expertise to clients and sort of be able to right size the strategy for where they're at um, Mm -hmm. and size and team and things like that. Um, and I, so after, after all of those pieces, um, I got pregnant, I had my first daughter, I went on maternity leave and I just knew I I went through like massive corporate burnout actually after a couple of those last roles. And I just knew something needed to change. And I got pregnant and had, had my daughter and I, 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 there was no part of me that was going to go back to a Monday to Friday, nine to five corporate role. Like I just couldn't do it. And I knew I needed to find something different. So, um, a friend of mine was, um, CEO of a nonprofit that supports women entrepreneurs across Canada. And she's just really progressive in her thinking and just very, um, she wants to do things differently and she is, and she's doing it really well. So I ended up working with them. And it was almost this little stepping stone because mm. my role there was, was both flexible. Like I, I had various different roles within the organization, but I also, um, there was, there was no hours. Like you, you worked when you worked, you had your outcomes, your role that you were responsible for, but it was kind of my first taste at like true, like what true flexibility and freedom could look like. Um, we worked remote most of the time. So it was just this like baby step into what entrepreneurship might feel like. and it 
it just shifted something in me. And it was, it was definitely a, okay, I can't never, I, I can never go back to Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. nine to five, where I need to be in an office and not even nine to five corporate was not nine to five, nine to 10. Like, right. I'm like, um, seven till 10 some days. Like, yeah. <laughs> was, wake yeah. up, you, like you're just constantly, um, you know, working. So it was just this new, like, experience of balance and of, um, you know, if I had like, I, I had a part-time nanny, so I would put my daughter to bed, um, for her nap at like nine 30 in the morning. And then the nanny would come kind of in between the, the naps. And so I kind of had like the bulk of the day, six hours or so to, to do this job, but there'd be times where my daughter didn't want to sleep and I'd have her on my lap in a meeting. And that was completely fine. And I was not the only person that had like a toddler or a baby or something running around. And so it was just this, like, really eye-opening experience of, okay, life life and work actually can mesh together and work really well. And it doesn't have to be what it was before where I was like, so depleted Mm -hmm. and mentally burnt out. And just, just that grind. Um, it, it was just this new experience of like, okay, this, this is like a step in the right direction for me. Um, then I got pregnant again. Um, and I, it was a, it was about two weeks before I had my second daughter, I decided I was not going to go back to my full-time role um, and I was going to start my own company. And I didn't even really know exactly what I was going to do. Um, I also, I, I think I had just had like felt this entrepreneurial pull for a really long time, quite honestly, probably from my very first job. Um, I loved that role, but I just always felt the desire and pull to to do my own thing was always what I said. Um big question mark about what that was. Mm -hmm. And so after, right before having my, my daughter, I, um, registered as a sole proprietor and just was like, I'm going to do this. I don't even know what this is, but let's do it. Um, and so over my maternity leave, I mean, we're lucky enough in Canada to get like a really great maternity leave and benefits and stuff, but I sort of did the building of my business. I, I did my website. I spent some time thinking about, you know, who do I want to work with? What kind of work do I love? Um, and, and sort of built it up from there. Um, and it's interesting. I like where I started is definitely not where I am now. It was very much a, um, like test and iterate process. And I think, the biggest thing for me too was um, I'm a person who likes a plan. Like I'm very type A, um, or, or was. I'm sort of changing and trying to trying to step away from that a little bit. But prior to this phase of my life, I was very much like, okay, I'm gonna do this. This is the plan. I could see sort of a long term vision, um, but this was scary because I couldn't see that, and I didn't really know what it was gonna look like. And there was no guarantee that it was gonna work. But I, I started to just kind of lean into like that feminine side a little bit more and, mm-hmm. and trust my intuition. And I distinctly remember um, this one free workshop I went to that um, a friend of mine put on. And it was it was kind of around this, like your your intuition and your energy and sort of your calling and, and listening to that a little bit more. And it was it was this sort of catalyst to decision-making in that way for me. And so there was that workshop and then there was this weekend entrepreneur boot camp that everything sort of just seemed to stack for me. And it was this, it was this phase of like, okay, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, one decision at a time. And like, it, it was like, as I was like trusting myself, things were, were kind of revealing themselves to me around like what this new path and journey was, was going to look like. So that was, 
both um, really new to me and and scary and exciting, but but like I found was really working for me. So that's been kind of how I've, I've managed to find myself here as a fractional CMO it was just a series of like listening to my gut and taking it one step at a time. And I definitely have had, and even recently, you know, I've had some bumps along the way and, and mess ups and mistakes and setbacks. Um, but I think like always coming back to that, that place, mm-hmm. like, okay, what do I, what am I feeling like in here? What feels like the next right thing? And what is this teaching me? And and kind of following my, my instincts um, has, has been really like, I think what I can attribute to my success. That's so beautiful. I appreciate you sharing the intuitive pings and that side of continuing to trust that and follow that as you grow and scale your business. You know, I think back, so I worked for corporate 50 organization and then a series of others before I found my own entrepreneur journey as well. And true burnout, my body completely broke down. So I had a very similar story where, you know, it was time for something new. I knew deep in my gut, like it was no more. I could not continue the way that I was living. And there is something so incredible and beautiful. I think so many women I talk to on the show create in the stage of, having babies as we move into a different feminine flow, as we move into a different place in our life, you know, to me, that is like what creation is as a woman. And I think it just opened up this whole new ability to step into something, something greater. And you and I both, I honestly can go back and I've had to iterate my business so many times. I think for the first two years, people were like, what the heck is she doing now? (laughs) Thankfully for the last four or five, I've really found kind of my groove. And yes, there's been iterations within the same framework. Um, But for the first couple of years, it was trying something, leveraging lived experience to get the lesson I needed to learn and then trusting in the experience and emotion of how that felt to then determine what was next. And I really resisted. I'm curious for you in your experience, I really resisted moving back into the space of people and human resources because that was my corporate career. And I had placed this identity in that space of if I go back, even if I do it on my own, if I go back into the human resources space, I'm all of a sudden going to revert back to the woman I was prior. I'm Mm -hmm. going to revert back to this corporate workaholic junkie that just starts to become very logical and starts to look at everything through the heady space. Did any of that show up for you as you made the transition or were you building it knowing that like marketing's my jam and I love marketing and I want to go create something in that space? Um kind of a kind of a little bit of both. So I I definitely knew it was marketing. I love marketing. Um I think for me like marketing so broad and it was a matter of like what kind of marketing? Like is there like a, a space of marketing that I mm. want to get into? You know, there was a voice in the back of my head saying that like I need to specialize in one area of marketing or I'm not valuable and and that so that was an interesting one to kind of learn and unlearn, um, at the early phases of my career or this new career that I'm, I'm in. Um, so there was that piece, but I think like, I, I knew so deeply that I didn't want to go back to that way of living. Um, I actually, one of, one of my sort of quote unquote dream jobs 
Um, I, I knew within two months of being there that I was like deeply unhappy and it wasn't a fit for me. And it was just the wrong, the wrong path to go down or ladder to climb. But I had so much ego wrapped up in my title and the company that I was at and the, and the, oh, you work at so, you know, whatever brand. And, um, I, I loved that. It just fed like that ego in me. And I stayed Mm -hmm. for three years and I, I was in such a deep depression after, um, I ended up getting let go, um, shortly actually after like a great review and good bonus, I just fell into this like deep depression and was almost this like poison on the team. Now I can see that in myself looking back and, um, I was let go from that role. And I also at the time had been struggling with infertility and I ended up getting pregnant like two weeks later. And I remember Mm. feeling of being let go. It was, I was like bawling my eyes out. I was so filled with shame and so, um, embarrassed. And it was like the next day I woke up and I felt like I could breathe. And I just felt this weight lifted. And it was, it was like someone turned on the lights and I was like, what have I been doing? Like, I've hated this company. I've hated this job for, for years. And I stayed for so many of the wrong reasons. And, um, you know, just the, the fact that I got pregnant a week later after trying for so long, like there's so many signs that were pointing to like just the stress and pressure that I was putting on myself that I think going through that, I just knew like, I'm never going to go back to that person. Like I'm forever changed. And I, I, um, you know, now that I see what that did to me, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think I can put myself through that and put that pressure on myself again. So I wasn't worried about that in the sense of like, oh, going back to kind of my corporate self, but there definitely was a journey in figuring out um, where my skill set is best suited. And mm-hmm. um, I remember distinctly like telling friends, I was like, it's some kind of role, like, you know, kind of like a part-time marketing manager. Like, is that a thing? Like, do people need that? Like, all I want to do is strategy. I love strategy. I'm really good at it. I'm great at finding people to do things. I'm good at doing things, but I, it's, it's kind of soul sucking for me. Like I don't love it. And I know that my, my kind of gift is up in like the 10,000 foot view, the strategy, the, the bigger picture. And so, um, I remember doing a lot of research and just poking around on LinkedIn at different people and, I kind of stumbled upon the fractional CMO term or fractional space in general and, Mm -hmm. and started to just kind of consume like anything and everything I could around it and learn about it. And as I did that, it was like, okay, this, like this, this is what I've been talking about. And it was just so cool because I didn't know there was a term for what was in my mind. I thought maybe I was making it up. Um, but just the fact that it existed was cool that, you know, it was market validating for me. Like, this is a thing people want this people pay people to do this job. And I finally felt like, you know, the skill set I had that didn't feel enough to me and didn't feel right. Um, it was like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. And it actually is perfect for this role. And I don't need to, you know, become a TikTok expert or a social media person or, you know, a deep expertise in email. Like I, I finally felt like, everything sort of fell into place and it, it made sense to me. So that was a cool, a really cool thing to kind of stumble upon. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your, your journey of how you got here and how you continued to kind of validate what it was that you really wanted to step into. It's so interesting how our bodies keep the score, isn't yeah. it? So I was diagnosed with a brain tumor right at the time that I was considering leaving or not. And it was the physicality of 
the stress and not listening to myself and not diving in deeper to the intuitive side, which is frankly, what led me to the woo. I was not very woo before that. I was very logical in a lot of ways and very kind of action results oriented. And, and it was that experience that slowed me down. And I talk a lot now about, um, that there's real power in the pause moments, the moments that actually interrupt us can become so powerful in so many ways, because for me, that shifted the, you know, I I felt like a lot of the times I was in it for the spotlight, right. Ego, like to get whatever accolade or the next role or the next big raise. And it really flipped the spotlight around and actually had me look in the mirror and start to ask some question, kind of what I wanted. And, you know, your story of infertility that then led to a week later getting pregnant, it's the body was, you know, communicating to you that, Hey, look, when we pull ourselves out of environments that aren't healthy for us, we actually know how to continue forward and to take the next step forward. So first of all, thank you for sharing that. I know that's a personal story, but I know it will help so many that are tuning in. Yeah. And it was one of those things where at the time it just felt like the worst thing that could have happened to me. Um, but looking back, it was so necessary for where I am today. And, mm-hmm. um, it just, it was honestly like the best thing that could have happened. It was, it was such a pivotal point in my career and my life. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. I actually reached out to the manager that, um, let me go. She was, I remember she was crying and it was really hard for her. Um, I reached out to her probably a couple of years ago now and just said like, thank you for doing that because I needed to leave and I was never going to leave. Like my ego wasn't going to let me. Mm-hmm. And it, I would have like, my body would have just like broken down before I was going to leave that company. I was so wrapped up in my identity was so wrapped up in it that it was not going to happen. So it was just so needed for me on many, many levels that, um, yeah, I have a lot of gratitude in her for just recognizing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. You know, I'm so curious. So oftentimes CEOs and founders come to me and they, in their minds have this deep belief of what they need already. So, and and obviously I'm in the people space. So they come to me and they would say something like this, Hey, I need a full-time director of marketing and here's why, and here's all the things I need to go do. And where I always start first, and this is a big piece of why I take more of a strategic approach than just go right into filling the job that the company say they need is often when we get really clear on the vision of the company, where the company is today and where they want to go tomorrow, we can really start to identify the gaps in the in their business when it comes to people. Yeah. And because of the knowledge I have in the fractional space and understanding fractional and understanding how we can build teams and step into teams, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in using our finances the right way when it comes to building teams and not getting too over our head too quickly, depending on the phase of the business growth and where people are. I have recommended more times than not that, that what they really need is a fractional strategist over somebody to come in and operate full-time at a higher salary level. I'm curious for you, when you talk with clients or when you're chatting with clients, do you ever get that do they ever say like, Hey, I think I need somebody full-time and, or what are the differences that you think really allow somebody to be ready for a fractional head versus a full-time head? Like, what are those differences in your mind? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So 
Yes and no. I have both kinds of conversations. I do talk to people sometimes who are looking for a full-time hire. And then I, I am also in conversations often around building teams. So maybe I'm already working with someone as a as their fractional CMO, but we're looking at building out, you know, they're like, I need a full-time marketing manager. We need someone doing this. And, Mm -hmm. um, Similarly to you, I do like to have an understanding of like, where is the company going and what are we doing when it comes to marketing? What are all those pieces? Um, and what I love about the fractional model, um, and I and I build my teams this way too, is that it allows you to just have the right amount of the right amount of expertise. So um, rather than taking your whole budget and having, you know, one person call it a director of marketing full-time and that's your team, or that's, you know, a large percentage of your team. Um, I, I like to look at it a little more creatively and say, okay, well, if we have this budget and we have all of these things to do, what's the most economic way to get there? What's the, what's the, how do we get like everyone in their zone of genius? So you don't have this marketing director who's doing strategy, but then also scheduling your Instagram posts or, you know, sending out your emails. Like that is a, junior administrative level task. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's cool because it's an, it's a new way of looking at team building, um, or relatively new, especially for some industries. Um, but I think it just allows people to leverage their budget and get like, when it comes to actually the the actual marketing work and um, work being done well, um, you know, there's, there's the strategy, but like truly it, it all can kind of fall apart or, or come together in the execution. So if you can have the mm-hmm. right people doing the right things, your execution is just going to be that much better, which means your results are going to be that much better. Um, so that's, that's always how I talk about team building to, to people. Um, and then when I'm talking with a client who's potentially considering, you know, hiring me or hiring somebody full time, that's sort of how I view it as well, because it, it just allows them to kind of do more with their budget. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And there's a time for both. And that's the beauty of it, depending on the phase and stage. And what I do love is as people continue to grow, you can still leverage, like I'll go in often and kind of come around quarter over quarter and do kind of deep dive people reviews but they don't need me as an example. I'll pull the same example here, running their payroll or building their policies, right? Like we can find somebody else to do that for them at a more effective price point. And yet I can come in and help them think about the next six months, 12 months when it comes to gaps in their business. And I know you're doing some very similar work, which I love. And I'd love to actually highlight the successes you've had. Like you started this and had some rapid success really quickly. And as women, sometimes we're a bit humble and modest and don't go there and don't, you know, don't <laughs> give ourselves the opportunity to open up and say like, Hey, in my first six months, I made X, but for you, I'd love you to share. Cause I think it gives others listening who are considering starting their own thing, the yeah. belief that you went first, you did it first. And now it's possible for them too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was the, the, success I've experienced and sort of the goal setting has been like a whole other side of this, which has been so, um, interesting. And I think, um, so yeah, like within six months of launching my business, I hit six figures 
and doubled my salary, what it was before. Um, my goal was to make like a little bit more than what my salary was. I was like, if I can do that and like, just kind of not work as much, that would be really great. You know, if I don't have to have 60 hour work weeks, I, I can make it a little more than awesome. But it quickly, I quickly realized like, wow, my, my value is, is being, you know, being rewarded and, and, um, you know, I've started to understand kind of what people were charging for fractional CMO services and, and truly what the work is worth. And I was, yeah, I was able to hit my goal within six months. Um, I had like, it was funny. I had a goal that at the time when I set it, I was like, this is never going to happen. I just wanted to out earn my husband because I did. He's always been the breadwinner. And I always had this story that like, I'm in marketing, he's in development. Like, he will always make more money than me. That's just the industry he's in. And that's, that's just how it is. And, um, that's not the case. I like massively out earned him last year, which I'm so proud mm. of. Um, Yay. I'm like, love to hear it. It's yeah, totally. like, not a competition, but it was just this, it was more in like letting go of my own limiting belief that like, mm. that's all I'll ever be or what all I'm worth. Um, so that was a really cool goal. And then um, I just had some really cool client wins too. Like, um, Jenna Kutcher was probably the, the biggest, um, exciting win for me in the last you know year or so. Um, I had just reached out to her cold, um, and had conversation with her. And I remember just like walking around my backyard, chatting with her really casually about what I, what I do. And it was like three days later, she was signing a contract and hiring me. And, um, that was just, another like really cool one. Wow. I started this all on my own and, um, you know, now I'm working with Jenna Kutcher and a number of other, you know, bigger brands. And it, it just was kind of a, a really cool, like full circle moment of like, this is working and this is, you know, I, I can have success in this space because, um, as I mentioned, it's scary doing your own thing and starting your own company. And there's a lot of, you have to have a lot of faith in yourself and it's not easy. It's not easy to feel, you know, confident all the time, especially when, when something's new to you. Um, I hadn't worked with someone like Jenna before, um, but I'm a big believer of the, the kind of, you know, not fake it till you make it, but kind of just that, like, I can do this um, mentality. And, and I think that um, it's just been a lesson in like what can happen when you believe in yourself and you mm. kind of show up confidently. It's so true. It's the first time I actually heard your name was on Jenna's podcast. You know, I'm such a, uh, I love anything that has to do with people. Obviously I'm a little bit of a geek. And so I saw like my fractional CMO and I'm like, oh, cool episode. I wanted to listen to this. And then I never connected the dots until probably recently when we were reintroduced um, through another mutual friend. And it's just so profound to see that the more we trust ourselves, the more we tap into our intuition, the more we lean into where we're being pulled forward and where we're maybe being, you know, kind of pushing away from these incredible things can unlock and unfold for us. And like Jenna's a huge name, obviously in the online space and, and mass congratulation. But what I heard from the podcast that you did with her is like the amount of success you also brought to the table as her fractional CMO and how it was really a partnership in strategic thinking of how to build the business to the next level of success. And so although she's a massive name, I know she has the right level of support with you right beside her, really helping to grow that business and grow that brand. So 
thanks for like, just going there with me for a minute. Cause <laughs> I think so often we don't, and we don't talk about what it can actually look like. And for me, a lot of my mentors have been women who have gone before me and have actually openly shared, like, this is what it looks like today. And it didn't always look like that. And it took time to get here, but it's possible for you too. And I love now using this as a platform to let whoever's listening in and meant to listen to this podcast, to hear that as inspiration that they can also do it. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because that's been um, sort of a ripple effect that I wasn't anticipating, but I get so many people reach out to me like every week on LinkedIn or email, um, just asking like, how did I build my business and how did I, you know, they just want to understand my career path and how I went from where I was to here. And, um, it, I, you know, I try to take as many of those calls as I can, because I've had so many people help me in that way and, and just give their time and share their journey and expertise. And it's helped me profoundly, but I'm only one person. And, um, Mm -hmm. it's funny. It was about probably six months ago after my, like, I don't know, maybe fifth call in a, in a week or two where I was sort of repeating my same thing. And I was like, why don't I just turn this into maybe like a course or something? Because I'm getting a lot of interest. I want to share how I got here. Like I'm not about gatekeeping. I think there's enough room for all of us to succeed. And we all bring something different to the table. And if, if other women or or anyone really can have the results I have and like leave the hustle behind more than double, triple, quadruple their income, um, and do work that they love that lights them up. Like, how can I stand in the way of other people doing that? Like, I want to share everything I can to Mm -hmm. see more people like live this, this life. Um, so I haven't launched it yet, but I'll be launching, um, a fractional CMO school beta, Mm. um, in the next little bit here and, um, hearing all of that, because I just truly believe that, you know, anyone can do this. It's not, it's not, I'm not special. I'm not, there's not something, you know, like but that I have that you don't. And I think it's really just a matter of like lessons learned and, and perseverance. And so if I can help someone like avoid some of the mistakes I made and just fast track their journey a little bit, like why not? Mm, love it. I will play something back because you are dang special. I know you just said you're not, but you're damn special. And there's a gift within all of us. And so it's really tapping into what is your gift? What is your uniqueness that you can continue to serve the world with. And that's really what I think we're here to do is if we can continue to step in and really come back to ourselves, we can really change what this looks like in our world. So Jess, I'm so grateful for your time and your energy and just pouring into everyone who's tuning into this episode. If somebody's listening, either one wants to understand how to hire you as a fractional CMO and, or two just wants to follow along your journey and understand how you continue to grow and scale so rapidly. What are the best ways people can find you? Um, you can find me on my website. So jessicashira.com, S-H-I-R-R-A.com. And then uh, Instagram, marketing.by.jess. Or you can also shoot me an email at hello at jessicashira.com. Fabulous. We will link everything up in the show notes. So it's only a click away for you. And you can find Jess and have the right conversations that you need. Jess, I'm so grateful. Thank you for your time pouring into us and for being on the show. It was so great. Thank you. We'll see you again, guys, on the Jackie Service Show. 
Thank you for listening in to today's show. If there was a key message that landed with you, please share or send us a direct message on Instagram at Jackie Service and let us know. We love hearing from you. Also, to continue to keep this podcast growing, it would mean the world if you could take a minute and like and rate the show or share it with a friend. Our team is forever grateful. Until next time, we'll see you again on The Jackie Service Show.